0: This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Campus in Lakeville, Minnesota. If you're interested in learning more about our church, go to bethlehem.church forward slash south. Dave, should I ask how your tooth is this time? No, (laughs) I think we've heard enough. Tooth is fine. We've heard enough. My tooth is good. You've gotten enough uh, feedback from listeners to the podcast. We kind of wonder, like, people listen to the podcast, it's not tons and tons according to the the analytic stuff online, but you know that people are listening when they come up repeatedly <laughs> and ask you about your tooth. That's right. How's That's your right. tooth? Thanks for listening. Yes. It's good. Should we do a random question? Do you have a random question? Aren't you interviewing me for this one?
1: Yeah, but I wasn't ready for random question. Uh, okay. I, I can, I can ask you a random question. What's your uh, favorite thing about Ethan Bruno?
0: Ethan Bruno, um, professionally or personally or yes. Yes. Okay, great. Um, uh, Ethan is faithful, funny, frugal, not at all fickle. Just talk about him like he's not here. Oh, talk about him (laughs) like he's not here. Ethan's (laughs) over in the corner without a microphone uh, nearby him to defend himself. You won't need to defend yourself, man. I I appreciate Ethan's... uh, Yeah. Combination of expertise and faithfulness, uh, and just—I mean, sometimes in churches that I've served at, um, you know, the the uh, the media department, uh, you know, the the people running the AV stuff are thought of as uh, attendant circumstances to everything else that goes on. And I think Ethan very much feels—I hope you feel, man—like part of the Bloodbath family, which just part of our church too, not just like you're here to help us get a mission done or whatever, but you part of this. He's nodding his head yes and smiling, for the sake of the podcast. What a great smile! Really? Oh, a thumb up. That's great. So there you go, Dave. Is that is that great? Suppose I hear some skills in the video game department and the card game playing department, but I've not experienced those as of yet. So I'm looking forward to challenging him in, in something. Oh, he's a Dutch Blitz guy. Oh, is that what I learned at <clears throat>
1: the what did I what game did I learn at the retreat? is single
0: single card draw. Like uh, AKA Liars Poker. No, what was the other one? The other one that we played that was a longer game. Oh, the one from Wisconsin. Yeah, the one that Nick was trying to teach us. Yeah. Oh man, I don't remember the name of that. We'll have to ask him if he's on one of the future podcasts. Maybe okay. The next one. Okay. What was it? It was. It had all kinds of weird rules. Like so many weird rules. The left bower and the right bower and the upper bower and the lower bower. That's the card that does this, and then. It was like a 45-minute game. Natalie and, the, like,
1: and I, Natalie and I were in a team, and she, yeah. she pulled it up for us with the last card. That's right. In the last round. My wife dominates constantly. I love winning.
0: I love winning. How's your fantasy football team right now, Dave? Well, I, don't, well, I, I deserve that. I
1: deserve that <laughs> from my comment. My fantasy football team is finding every creative way to lose that we can the, the first three uh, weeks.
0: The South staff has a fantasy football uh, league this year just for fun. We're not uh, spending all of our staff time talking about that. But on occasion, we like to mention how Dave gets the first round draft and then proceeds to lose every game. My first round draft pick is hurt. It's all right. That hurts. (laughs) That hurts. I know. So, uh, Dave, why are we here? And aren't you interviewing me? So,
1: yeah. (laughs) Back on topic. Back on topic. So, we're interviewing Daniel today
0: about small groups. Why would we interview you? About small groups. Well, I don't know because my title is pastor for membership and mobilization, which doesn't have small groups in the title, but it is in my job description. Mm, there we because go. We we think that there's something about membership and mobilization that intersects with with small group. What what could that be, Dave? I'm asking the question. Uh, so tell I me try. tell
1: me about just uh, m- maybe start by just talking about the the value. The value that we see in small groups, like why why do small groups? Right? Small groups aren't necessarily
0: in the Bible, but why do small groups? Well, small groups aren't in the Bible, but people are in the Bible, and people doing the one-anothers of Scripture are in the Bible. That's right. So one way that it's just a practical way, it's not commanded in Scripture, it's not mandated, but a practical Perhaps wise way to uh, carry out the one anothers of Scripture could be to get together with a smaller group of believers and seek to look out for each other's faith and life, and to pray for one another and be a support for one another. So that's that's what we're commending. It's not not so much this particular way of doing it, like join a Bethlehem small group, so much as do the one anothers of Scripture for your joy, or love God and love people, or uh, uh, what does it say? Especially the house do good to all, especially the household of faith, and just a very practical way that we see that worked out at Bethlehem is in small groups. That's great.
1: So uh, small groups are one community ministry we have. So we, you know, we also have things like there's some men's Bible studies where I know they spend a lot of time praying for each other and watching over each other. There's uh, Titus two groups. That do a lot of that same thing, so maybe maybe help us understand the the what are those what are those things and where do small groups maybe different and then where's overlap as people think about how do I get how do I get community?
0: Yeah, so the couple that you mentioned right there are fairly like affinity based. like I'm a man, so I'm gonna be with other men. I'm a, a woman, so I'm gonna be with other women or I'm maybe other, like other woman. yeah I, I'm not a I'm not a woman. I won't get together with other women, um, but maybe I'm a mother, and there's the moms' ministry, um, and therefore, for that particular demographic, that particular um, you know spot in life, there's a ministry for you. Small groups at Bethlehem, while often going that direction, like you know everybody in my small group is X or Y or whatever, opens up more of the realm and the possibility for people in different life stages, not just parents and um, kids, but, um, you know, older saints and singles and, uh, you know, people in other life stages interacting with each other in such a way that at very least it provides the opportunity for a testimony to the power of the Holy Spirit. When look at why are all these disparate people getting together? Like why, why are they getting together? Why are they hanging out with each other? Well, because they love Jesus together. Like, Here I am. I'm a you know a guy in my 30s. My wife's in her 30s. We got some kids. Um, you know, for us to hang out with other people in their 30s with kids, play dates and whatnot. You know, if I was not a Christian, I would probably do that. That's right. You know, I would probably probably do that. It's nothing wrong with that nope. at all. You know, as Christians get together and do that, but a small group affords the opportunity to go beyond maybe those natural affinities in the direction of, man, you live across the street from me. And you're a a Christian and, but you're not in the same life stage with me. I have way more in common with you actually, like actually with you than I do with the unsaved neighbors and non-Christian neighbors on either side of me that maybe are the same life stage and other things like that. Therefore, part of what I want to do is partner together with you, be involved in your life, you be involved in my life in such a way that, um, it testifies to the people around us, man, there's something different about these people. They get together, and they're not like each other, yeah. but they've got so much in common because of Jesus. Yeah. So,
1: so yeah. So it's a witness, and then so practically, when you get together with other when you get together with other families, you know your age, your stage of life. There's a certain encouragement that comes from that. You, you can you can relate. You're in that moment together. What what's some of just the practical discipleship benefit that comes from when you, when you hang out with people not in that life stage, whether that's younger, or older, or different set of circumstances, different
0: cultures? Yeah, yeah. What's... yeah, you learn all kinds of stuff about other people, but then you're able to benefit from either life experience older than you, or benefit from different life stage, um, you know, or benefit from uh, just different experiences. Um, so our, our small group has marrieds with kids and several single folk. And I love it. I love that we spend time with each other and that there's a sense of camaraderie and family that is way beyond the fact that, you know, maybe I've got this other family. It's just just like mine. And again, that's not to—I think most of Bethlehem South small groups tend towards the people in same life stage, mm-hmm. spend time with each other. That's not to dismiss that at all. You know, right. so the first value, you know, kind of we're doing the one and others of Scripture in a smaller setting. Um, but then the second thing that I am mentioning is just like doing the one and others of scripture with other people that aren't like us and yet share the faith of, you know, the same faith that we have is, uh, powerful, a powerful testimony and a powerful, uh, right. for me to be able right. to say, um, you know, I, I don't have an experience of what it's like to be, you know, in my thirties and being single you, by the way that you're living out your life, yep. um, you know, are testifying to the power of the gospel. And I get to see that. That's right.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, turning a diamond in the light and you get to see all the different facets of the beauty of Christ from the body. That's good. That'll preach. That'll preach. man. You should do a small group job. series. I hey, the beginning
0: be. of Genesis, you want to tie in some small group stuff? Sure. Yeah. Like, don't be like Cain and Abel don't in your t- small group. Don't, don't, don't kill each other. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, so talk, talk to us about, uh, you've talked about some aims and some things that are good. So if you were by the power of the Holy spirit, able to influence and impact and train, what, what, what do you want a Bethlehem small group to, to look like, to be about, let's say five, seven years from now? Oh,
0: well, the what, first two things, things I mentioned, dream? yeah. First two things I mentioned, just like a small group that's bent on doing the one another's of scripture. Um, not, so not only hanging out with each other, shooting the breeze, entertaining each other, um, you know, kind of the the surface aspects of life, but going deep, um, aware of each other's story and the grace of God in each other's life and the struggles in each other's life, and able to press in. So that's one. The second thing is, I, I think I mentioned it, diversity. At very least, that small groups would be very open to the opportunity for diversity in their small group, either on life stage or ethnicity or otherwise, in such a way that it's just like, yeah, this is of benefit to us. But I think the third thing that I'd say is if and this is more aspirational, like uh, in, I, you're smiling, I think I know what you're going to, what I'm, what I'm head towards. The third thing is that we have an identity wrapped up in our geographic location. Small groups are pretty like spread out where people come to them. That's not bad necessarily. At all, I think that there's a value added when there's a geographic identity, Um, and I would love to see even small groups like my small group right now. You know, kind of has. We're all from neighboring suburbs. Um, I think it would be awesome if we took some additional swings at you know just like seeking to bless the neighbors at each person's small group, and I think that kind of thing becomes easier when you live closer together. You have a sense of identity as a a geographical unit. Um, Aspirationally, I think it would be sweet if they went that way. Now, if you're listening to this and you're like, "Well, I've got, I'm coming from Chaska, and somebody else is coming from, you know, the Iowa border, and uh, somebody else coming from Wisconsin to be in my small group," well, um, that's great. Praise God! Glad you have those relationships and those friendships. And um, I think you'll find it a little more difficult to say. You know, the farther away you are, perhaps you know, inviting an unbeliever to church or talking about your small group. I would say, however far apart you are from each other, um, you know, to move in the direction of like we want to bless each other in a way that's public enough that unbelievers get curious, and in a way that we could actually like care for each other. So, like even the uh, the first Tuesday in August, the National Night Out. You know, the the aspiration was like hey, your small group is spread out everywhere. Just choose somebody's house and everybody show up there. Um, And so I think there's that kind of thing. And then I think fourth, aspirationally, for small groups, um, you know, praise God. I think we have 19 small groups right now active at at South. Um, I would love to see more, a higher percentage of our total membership in small groups. Um, But then especially seeing how small groups relate to everything as opposed to, I think sometimes small groups can just kind of like I was saying about media department or, uh, I, you know, AV earlier, just kind of exist on its own. Um, I think, uh, I would love to see more of an awareness of, we have an identity as a whole South campus family and that identity is as significant as I've got four other couples that I hang out with. Um, and therefore there's a lot more of an openness to You know, I'm meeting new people. I'm, you know, I'm seeing other people around. Um, Sometimes small groups can kind of turn into a holy huddle where over time they're who I'm comfortable with. And I mean, praise God, sometimes that's a really sweet gift. You go through hard things in life and you've gelled because of those hard things and the support you provided for each other. So that's not to say like that's always bad by any means, but there can be an imbalance there. Yeah. And so I think maintaining an identity as a whole South Campus family and a congregation is, is a pretty big deal too. Yeah, that's great.
1: So, so proximity, geography matters because, uh, for example, it's a lot easier to run over and help my small group member that's a few blocks or five minutes away from me than if I'm in Shakopee and they're in Farmington. That's a right. That's a that's a that's an afternoon commitment. Right. That's a, that's a forty-five minute drive, and so there's a way that we can live out the one another's, and there's a way right where, like you said, if we're, if we're together and we're hanging out, and we're in the same neighborhoods and we know the same mayor and we we know the same police department and we we know the neighborhoods we're talking about. We really can bless our neighbors so that small groups don't just become, like you said, merely or only a holy huddle, but they really are a way that we witness and and love our neighbors too. Exactly right. So how many, how many more small groups do you need in the next six months?
0: Oh, six months. I mean, it depends on what you mean by need. People that are looking for small groups? Yeah. Oh, I would say easily four or five. Yeah. And so I think some of it is, is people are like, if I'm going to be a small group leader, um, I essentially need to be like a super a superhuman. Uh, and that's not the case. Right. Uh we just need uh simply people that are mature and maturing in their faith that desire to do the one another's of scripture and have some, you know, bone in their body to facilitate uh people getting together. Um I would hope, I mean the aspiration again is that small groups would bear each other's burdens, carry the load that the leaders are not just the only people doing that. Um, although maybe sometimes that's the way that, uh, uh that they get looked at depending on, on different factors, but the hope would be just like, I've, I get four or five leaders, uh, either couples or individuals, um, that are willing to say like, yeah, I would love to facilitate with other people, probably more geographically bounded, um, but not necessarily, um, getting together and doing the one and others of scripture. I would love by the end of 2023 for us to have doubled our number of small groups. Um, and yeah, I mean, hopefully that'll push us back over 50% participation way beyond that actually. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Last question. So you talked about all these things. You've been in a pretty sweet small group for a long time. Uh, how so? I'm listening, and I'm going. Okay, maybe I could be a small group leader. I, I can get people together. I love Jesus. Um, I love this church. What do you do? You know, like when you when you get together, how, how do you cultivate that? What does what it What does it look like?
0: You're talking about our particular small group, yeah, or yeah.
1: just or just in general. What 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 in a small group will cultivate relational closeness and witness and
0: yeah. all those things? So I think a fair bit of variety to the small groups, so not just. We only meet to do X, but we meet together to do life. Um, so our small group, um, we do a sermon discussion one week. We do guys get together the next week. We do just a potluck meal the third week, and then we do just the girls get together. And then there's enough other times, like this Saturday, we're just going to like have a brunch at our house that we're hosting, uh, host outside and grill some food and have uh, have some good time. Um, so I think there's a measure of variety, but I also think like an intentionality for going deep, like you don't just ask the, um, like as you get to know somebody else, you ask them and you go deeply into, um, uh, where they're at in their faith, where they're at. Um, you know, in terms of everything from, uh, doubt to temptation to, uh, circumstantial, Um, pressures and other things in their life so that you can say, I really do know you. So for instance, there's a, there's a one person or a small group that just asks, you know, there's a, and actually we kind of uh, most people have this in our small group. Like these are the series of questions you should ask me, you know, whenever we get together, because this is where I'm particularly tempted. This is where I'm particularly maybe prone towards, um, apathy or laziness or whatever, like ask me these questions when we get together. And we've gotten to that point as a small group where we are asking fairly deep, fairly penetrating questions, especially when the guys and the girls get together, but as well when we're together as, uh, you know, all together. Um, and so that just, that helps. I do think as well, just the word and prayer is huge and important. And whether that's based, like we're talking about the sermon, We're doing a study, but we're like intentionally praying for each other um, every time we're getting together. Um, I mean, the word of God doesn't return void and there are promises attached all over the scriptures to prayer. So let's do those one another's of scripture um, instead of uh, maybe a more casual or entertaining mind. So, I mean, a hospitality mindedness, a welcoming mindedness instead of more like, Kind of casually entertaining each other.
1: That's great. Anything else
0: you want to add about small groups? Reach out to me if you're interested in uh, either joining or starting a small group. Um, the Connect Lunch, I, this one, I think this episode will probably go out tomorrow. We're doing a Connect Lunch on uh, Sunday that Dave's actually leading because I'll be out of town. But uh, if you get this podcast like <laughs> tomorrow morning or whenever it will be, uh, you need to sign up today. To come to have food for that, uh, that particular lunch. But basically we're going to, you know, hear a little bit more about the, the ministry of the connection connect lunches. Um, you're gonna hear from a ministry leader and then you're going to hear from a, a small group leader who's got an open small group. Just hear what they do. Not by way of like, Hey, everybody that comes to connect lunch, come to my small group, but more like here's a sample of a small group that it's doing these things. And what do we do? And then maybe get a chance to, to visit that small group too. That'll be on a reoccurring basis every month. Ah, the first Sunday of the month.
1: Awesome. Thanks for listening.